Welcome back to Origins and Adaptations. I am Cody. I am Andrew. And this is episode 45. 45. We got a great, great episode for you today. We have so a lot of stuff to talk to about. about. Well, actually, I mean, we probably have more things to talk about mm. on other episodes, but we have a lot of meat. Yes. I felt like last time we had a lot of things, but I think we, we just went like bullet point by which is yes this time we have the meat we got we have, some we, we got the, the potatoes we have the sauce the potatoes <laughs> the, pota- <laughs> the potatoes <laughs> the potatoes yeah we decided to get rid of the kale <laughs> screw the kale <laughs> <laughs> i want some broccoli i want some potatoes do you want, want cheese meat. in your broccoli no it gives me you know indigestion okay because of lactose intolerance oh, that's right yeah well so, dude, I had a good night tonight. Yeah, Work. I was going to ask how was how was your week? I feel like we never talk about. We always talk about the world, but we never talk about us. <laughs> well, we mostly talk about the world of comic books. This is true. Um, so I had a great past week. Yeah. Then this weekend I got sick a little bit. I'm that dealing sucks. with a bit of a cold. Yeah. Uh, tonight I listened to David Bowie on the way up from work. And you listened afterward. to David Bowie before work. Yes. Yes, I did. Diamond Dog. I listened to his album Hunky Dunky tonight. It's like, it's called Hunky Dory. I don't uh, know why I like to say Dunky? I like to say Hunky Dunky. Um, this is just a album cover with a hunky man on it. Well, it's got David Bowie on the so cover. Yes. So yes, it's, is it, it Labyrinth David Bowie? Because that's really his David. hunkiest. That's, that's his, his hunkiest. hunkiest. Yeah. So Hunky Dory is interesting because, and and we can get quite quickly into comics after yes. this. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like a Ziggy Stardust album. Yeah, but he was wearing bell bottoms and had long blonde hair at the time he made the album. It's okay. bizarre. Yeah, because it sounds like a Ziggy era album. It's Ziggy beautiful. It has the song "Changes" on it. Oh, okay. Changes. Doesn't that sound kind of Ziggy-ish? Yeah, I yeah. mean that's it's Ziggy. Yeah, it's Ziggy. So, anyways, it just reminds it was, me of it was um, a good night. The the spaceman space oddity yeah yeah that space oddity is the ground control to major space oddity is yeah ground control to major time and then there's the there's like a spaceman drifting Uh, through the stars good song too that one's on ziggy yes yeah yes it is is that moon age daydream that's not the the name of this it might be but I thought the name of the song was like Spaceman. It might be. I'm I'm not great with his song titles because I just listen to the albums and they're all awesome. Yeah, well, you just you get lost in them. Totally. The same way you get lost in comic books, which is what our podcast is about. Is about. But my bad uh, guys, I just I, I No, I asked I, you how your I, week I, was. I love music. I asked you how your week was. Cause I I, I wanna know. I know. And how I feel was your like, week. I feel like we we talk about we don't talk about us. I know. Uh, was, your, was your week solid? My week was pretty solid. I bought a new bookcase for our us. comics. Cause it looks great. It was getting out of control. Our comics were everywhere. If you're anyone who's followed us on Facebook, know we have a huge shelf. Yeah. Shelves. It's, it's We filled up one, and now we're almost... I would say we're about halfway through the first shelf on the second one. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Going pretty good. So you kick like us it. off with the content and shenanigans and Ooh, whatever shenanigans. have you. Okay, so Marvel Legacy uh, is a current kind of like Marvel story arc. I, I, I don't want to say it's an event. 
I think it's just what they're doing. And it's pretty much Marvel about five years ago went, we are going to introduce a new generation of superheroes. So they started inter- introducing these new, this new like season of superheroes. And the audience went, why? Like, we don't want this. Majority of the audience said these new characters aren't great. Uh, and you're just replacing old characters with new characters for no reason. <clears throat> so then Marvel went, okay, well then we might get rid of them. And so then another section of the audience went, uh, w- those are our characters. Like, why would you get rid of them? We love those characters. Mm. So then Marvel, being Marvel, without being able to actually do anything and, like, without trying to hurt anyone's feelings, they're like, we're just going to uh, put it all together and call it Marvel Legacy. So now there's two Cap... No. Yep, there's two Captain Americas. Uh, there's Steve Rogers, Captain America, Sam Wilson, Captain America. There's two Thors. There's two Captain Marvels. Or, yeah, so Ms. Marvel and Captain Marvel, like, there's that. And there is, let's, I need to count this, this one, because there's too many. There is Spider-Man, there is Spider-Man, there is Spider-Gwen, there is Spider-Woman, there is Silk, and there is Spider-Man 2099. There are too six, many Spider-Man. There's six Spider-People with the same powers in Marvel Universe. <laughs> there's two Spider-Men <laughs> They're just called Spider-Man. They're both called Spider-Man. Just like no, I have to ask you: Are, you, are is one an Elseworld of Peter Parker, or is one another one? No, another one is guy. Peter Parker, and then the other is Miles Morales. And they're both currently Spider-Man. Yes. Isn't that a mistake? Yes. I mean, if you're gonna go with one, go with one. And then there's Spider-Gwen, who has her own universe, but she spends most of it in 616 how do you okay that's just like unless you're doing like some dark tower door hopping crap i don't understand how that works uh because they if did if you belong to another universe uh so there is a dark tower door hopping stuff oh there you uh, have it so there was an uh spider-man story arc back in like 2014 mm. called uh spider-verse and pretty much there was a group of fan. There was a fa- group of family members whose sole purpose in life was to hunt and feed on spider totems, which mm. is the Spider-Man of different universes. So they had the ability to hop between universes and hunt down the Spider-Man or Spider-Woman, whatever, uh, kill them, and then take them back to their home and eat them. Delicious. Yes. Yummy. Uh, it was actually a good. It was a good event up until the end, and then it just kind of fell apart. And it was like, okay, that was stupid. Uh, so because I feel like of comic that, books that's where go these weird places because yeah. they've exhausted so many of the classic ideas. Is that what do well, you what do you think? So that whole event is when Spider Gwen got introduced. Okay, like because they went to a universe. And it was Spider. It was Gwen got bit by the spider and said, "Peter." Peter turned into the lizard, uh, and then <coughs> Peter ended up dying. And so she has this whole like, he was actually a super jerk, like a super nerd, super nerd jerk, who was just super arrogant and creepy. And people, he was he was an actual outcast, and so he just grew resentment. Yeah. Uh. And then, and then Miles Morales is from the Ultimate Universe, and after Secret Wars, the Ultimate Universe and Six One Six Universe are pretty much the same. 
planet. So there's a lot of ultimate characters in the 616 universe. Uh, there's also two Wolverines. That's fun. There's Old Man Logan and X-23 is now Wolverine. Interesting. Yeah. I always because, thought of Wolverine or Old Man Logan as an Elseworld type of character. Yeah, but he's I know not, Elseworld is a DC patent, I think. Yeah, but, but he is now in the 616 universe as well because of Secret Wars. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And well, then, then there's just so many X-Men that are duplicates, and it's just so annoying. Can't win them all. No. So Marvel Legacy is kind of a mess. It's just all over the place. They have so many comics, and it's just... It's kind of exhausting, whereas when Rebirth happened, I think there was like six Rebirth titles. There was Batman, Superman, Aquaman, Green Arrow, and Suicide Squad? No. I don't even think Suicide Squad. Justice League, that was one. Uh, Yeah, so when when Rebirth happened, those were the ones that came out. Then they steadily started introducing more, and now there's a bunch of them, but... It it wasn't like a just a blast in your face of just content of because at that point you're not making good comic books you're making qu- quantity over quality a lot of fluff yeah and that's Marvel right now is fluff until they get to their events and then their events are what happens but there's no like actual good content within their comics whereas DC is doing the other way around where their their events are they're cool and all. But the actual, like, meat and potatoes are in the individual series. Right. Yeah. Uh, So, speaking of which, though, hopefully this might help a little. Mark Wade, who is a talented writer, um, sometimes, he does the Archie comic, the new Archie comic, which is wonderful. He did Flash for a while, which I think he started, I think he's the one that started Wally West. I was going to say, that I think I mentioned to you that I saw that at Barnes & Noble. Yeah. Which, I want to read those. Uh, they, had, they had multiple copies of a few volumes. Okay, because I do want to get that. Uh, but yeah, so Mark Wade, he's going to be doing Captain America. They, they also had Frank Miller's volumes of Daredevil. Oh, Man Without Fear? Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I like, I I like read those. those. Um, but yeah, so I am excited. I'm probably not going to read it. Uh, because it's Marvel, mm-hmm. and I'm I need like a refresh. I need something to happen with Marvel. I need someone to go. You need to read this book. It's probably going to be Moon Knight. I hear Moon Knight's really good, but yeah, I read um, I did read Vision because that one was interesting. It was Tom King, and he created this story where vision made his own family like oh. he that's pretty out he's there. like i want people who are like me so he made a wife and two kids and they were they were like him they were visions uh and they were like the vision like same family. personality qualities and stuff not personality they all had their own individual personalities but like they were android robots right just like him synthetic robot android beings uh the mom, I think, ended up killing someone, and then it was like this whole thing, because they didn't have the emotional spectrum like Vision does. Okay. So, yeah. It was interesting. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, but yeah, most most of the time, 
I I really need someone to recommend a Marvel title to me because a current Marvel title. I'd probably read Unworthy Thor. That seems fun, which is Odin's son being Thor. But I've read some panels and it just seems really awkward. Awkwardly mm. written. Marvel is writing their stuff like a millennial, which is yeah weird because their characters aren't millennials. Yeah. It's fine when you're writing a millennial character, but when everyone is having a millennial-ish kind of conversation, it's like, that's not how- To people who are older, can I elaborate? Yeah. So, well, actually, let me ask you questions first, since yeah. I haven't read these particular ti- particular titles. Are you talking about the slang they use? Uh, the slang, just the way that their conversations are kind of awkward. Right. Okay, so I think a lot of older people, and when I say that, that's unfair, but- Anyone I, over 30. Yes. Don't understand uh, this younger generation sense of humor. You and I understand some of it. We get yeah. we get it, but a lot of it goes too far. Yeah. So there's this kind of new thing where it's like, oh, this com this conversation came to a weird ass grinding halt. Yeah. And like, that's funny. That's funny. But <laughs> older generations don't really see that. Yeah. And or so like, I'm I'm stuck yeah. in this middle where it's like the woke girl in Spider Man. Yeah. It's kind of it's a that's a millennial character. Oh, oh yeah. That character would not <laughs> you, exist in 1978. Hate, Michelle. Yeah. She would not exist in 1978. Yes. Uh, the that that's the perfect example. Her conversations with people Absolutely. Were, were millennial conversations. Absolutely. Uh and that's that's all Marvel is right now. Every time I read it, and it's just like, man, shoot shoot me in the head right now cuz it just gets tiring after a while. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, honestly, I think it's kind of carrying down into the the Generation Zs. I was talking to these kids at, at the gym tonight at work, mm-hmm. and uh, just some of the words they were using, like, I guess now the reason why I said uh, what, what, what when I was talking about our show, I was like, we got the sauce. I guess that is a new Generation Z term. Oh, that's that's su- not a new term. It's not, but it came back. It came back again. That's like an early two thousands term. Like saw, so- like yeah. It's like I don't know. It's like saucy or yeah. U- using that word in some way. Yeah. Yep. Now it's like a thing. It's back. It's back. And it's their thing. Yep. Man. They're also trying to say tight again, which I was happy to get rid of. Really? I mean, I said it when I, I was younger. I you- use I use the word. Ah, I think Do I you use say tight? I think I use rad more than tight. I use rad. Yeah. I've caught myself using the word tight every now and again. Yeah. I mean, old habits die hard. I don't judge people for saying it, but I just think tight is if like- someone If someone sends me a text that is like this very long, huge paragraph, I'll just be like, tight. Uh, that's pretty <laughs> funny. No, see, when someone says tight, I'm like, do you want to go drink Surge and listen to Limp Biscuit too? <laughs> go order so, it. Yeah. Get it. Get that going. Sorry, this is totally non-comic book related, but I Cody, wanted to say to some entertaining things. Our, our podcast is for about comic books in the world, so anything that we're talking about that stems from comic books, mm. it still relates. Yeah. Uh, Lucy Liu to direct first episode of Luke Cage. Oh, before I go on with this, back to the millennial conversation, what we were actually talking about. Uh, <laughs> Jeez, I can't laugh without coughing. I'm so uh, sorry. It's fine. Uh, the reason that I brought that up with Mark Wade because is because Mark Wade was actually doing that. He was trying, he was doing the like old man kid where he's like, hey kids, 
I'm I just rem- I imagine Steve uh Buscemi. Is that his name? Steve Buscemi. Uh, Steve Buscemi just walking down the hall with his skateboard, and he has the backwards hat, and he's wearing like the hoodie, and he goes, hey, dudes. And he's like, <laughs> I'm one of you guys. Oh, that's, my god. That's how I feel when Mark Wade writes teenagers for Marvel. It's weird because when he writes Archie, I don't get that at all. Like I get an actual teenager in this modern day and age from Archie. Anytime I read Champions, which is Mark Wade doing, uh, it's like the Avengers, but the teen version. So it's Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Miss Marvel, uh, Sam Alexander, Nova, uh, and then uh, Vision's daughter is is on the team, and then Moon Girl, I think. Mm. Uh, so it's just a team of teenagers and it just is written so like I'm one of you guys kind of dialogue, and it's yeah. so bad. That's kind of funny. Um, which is why I'm kind of skeptical of Mark Wade doing Captain Mar- America, just because uh, I think it should be good. Like I'm not too worried, but I just hope <laughs> that he doesn't get that in. Which uh, speaking of Mark Wade, I will be talking about. He is my never have I ever today. Okay. Uh, a book he wrote, mm-hmm. which is really good. And so that's why I'm torn because, like, I've read his Marvel stuff and his pre, like, 2000, his pre Marvel Now, which was the Marvel relaunch, like, four or five years ago, is really good. But anything after that is not. Huh. Um, he also did a run on Daredevil that was really good. Oh, um, he did do Daredevil as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so moving on though, Lucy Liu to direct first episode of Luke Cage season two. Princess Pepe, Princess Pepe from Hai Shanghai Noon. Uh, also, uh, an angel and Charlie Angels, Charlie's Angels. Yeah. So Andrew and I were talking about it earlier, yeah. and for some reason, her character in Charlie's Angels came to my head first, <laughs> and I don't know why. She's also, I want to say she's in Kill Bill as well. She's in a few things that she's, she's more the, well known for than Charlie's Angels. Uh, and then she's currently in Sherlock. She's the, she's Sherlock's Watson. Okay. In the, uh, in the TV show Sherlock. Or Elementary, not Elementary. Sherlock. Elementary. Elementary, sorry. Oh, Thank you, Chris. Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris. I had to chime in because Chris. I love... Sherlock, the BBC show. Okay, with uh, Cumberbatch. Yeah. Yeah. Do you watch Elementary at all? No. I've watched like 10 episodes. I tried. Couldn't get into it. I don't know yeah. why. After a while, I was just like, this is the same thing Yeah. every time. Uh, I have not watched Sherlock. I I need to get into it, but the, the episodes are like two and a half hours. They're Yeah, they're like, well, I mean, not quite, but they, they, are, <laughs> they are like movies. Yeah. But they're... They're there's really like good. there's like four or five per season, right? Uh, yeah, I want to say five or six. Yeah, but okay. no, uh, you should check it out. What do you guys think of Luther? Haven't seen it. I TV show, either. the one that Ben watches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have mixed feelings about it. Never watched it. Uh, I hear good things from Ben. Well, no, actually, oh. someone at work. Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I've I've heard it's good. I've also heard that it strays from the comic. So I'm gonna sound really uneducated here. I did not <laughs> know it was a comic book. Uh, Neither did I. Uh, yeah, so it's based off a comic called Luther, which is 
a spinoff of Neil Gaiman's Sandman. Mm. Did not did not know that. Yeah. Unless Ben told me one time, and I was like listening to music, and I was like, mm-hmm, uh-huh. Yeah. Great. I don't mm-hmm. think, no. no, I don't think he. Unless I mean, someone I've told never me while been, I was. I've never been with you every waking moment of your picking life. My axe. Picking my axe. Picking your axe. My guitar. <laughs> Sydney plays the, Sydney's an axe man. I slapped the bass. I slapped the bass. Don't you got a piano in your place? Dick right, but there. No, uh, I, th- I thought I saw you playing it. <laughs> no, I don't play. Uh, Decorator. Decorator put it there. No, so Luther, yeah, it's um, Sandman, the comic book Sandman, at one point they're fighting for, uh, Sandman goes to hell, hell, and uh, hell. and it's not Luther, it's Lucifer. Hell. It's L- Lucifer. Hell. Sorry. Okay. Luther is the Martin Luther movie. Okay. But, yeah, just a little correction there, uh, which happened to me just a few months ago, so... Oh, it's just going around. Uh, no, so Dream went to uh, hell to speak with Sam, uh, speak with Lucifer, and Lucifer was just like, "Yeah, I'm tired of doing this. I'm tired of like ruling hell. Uh, so here's the key and peace." <laughs> and so he just like leaves and gives Dream the key to hell, and uh, so I'm pretty sure Lucifer the comic, which the TV show is based off of, um, is Lucifer living on Earth kind of as a mortal. Huh. Yeah. But it's just hard for me to get into the show because, you know, Lucifer. Yeah. Uh, All that devil stuff. But the, like, it doesn't bother me if people watch it. You're not that sensitive? No, I don't care. I really don't. It's just... Not something I'm inter- interested in. But Lucy Lou, first episode, I think is kind of interesting. Uh, I didn't know she directed. I didn't either. And Way to take us back to home base there. I try sometimes. Well, the thing is, I noticed the whole time you were talking about it, and I was like, wow, he's, he's speaking very well. I wonder if he remembers this is not our original conversation. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes we both are like, yeah. What were we talking about? That went yeah. a little sideways. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, but uh, Lucy Liu, I didn't... So you didn't know? I didn't know uh, that she directed. I she presume when you're in be Hollywood... One of her, this might be her first, like, actual directorial debut. I just presume that when someone's in Hollywood for, like, what, 20 years, they pick things up. I, I mean... Hopefully. Maybe that's presumptuous, but... Yeah. That would make sense since I'm presuming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but... So, I would be more excited, but I never finished Luke Cage season one, and you never started. My voice just got I, really hoarse. I start. All of a I sudden. never started. Did you watch the first episode? That is a lie. I watched the first three episodes. Oh, okay, two, so, two. I lied. Yes. First two episodes. Because you didn't see the part with the rocket launcher. No. Okay. I saw all the that's gang when violence. That's and, when Ben stopped. <laughs> okay, I saw the gang violence and just sad stuff, and I was like, "It's this, about." It's this that isn't... stuff up to like episode five or six. Like this isn't fun. And then That's it like it goes the entirely opposite direction, and you go, "What in the world is going on?" And then it's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! Slow down, slow down!" And then it just goes off the rails. Mm. Yeah, they bring in a character. Spoilers for Luke Cage season one, by the way. Uh, but they bring in a character who's like he's just quoting the Bible constantly. 
but just yelling it at Luke Cage. <laughs> that like, sounds obnoxious. And it's because this guy's like dad quote or no, his dad was a was a reverend. And so he had this memorized, but plot twist, the reverend was also Luke Cage's dad, and this guy was a bastard that was spawned by Luke Cage's dad. Yep. And so he's like an outcast, and people look down upon him. I wish I could say that made me want to watch the show more, but it doesn't. It doesn't. It, doesn't. it made me want to stop watching the show. <laughs> Thank you for telling me that. That's yeah. actually a detail I didn't know, and, and then, now I want to watch it less. Yeah. Uh, and I was maybe going to go back and finish it at some point. He had this gun that had magical bullets that could, were the only things that could harm Luke Cage. I think it was based magical off- Magical bullets? It was, I think it was based off that's of the Chitauri, the Chitauri tech. Oh, okay. That's, that's neat. Yeah. It, it might have been one of the guns that Vulture was selling. Every time you point at me, I think there's someone behind me and I get so scared. There's no one behind you. I, but like your eyes widen and you go like, you like point like this, but you don't like- point at me you like point behind my shoulder and it gets so scary i just freak andrew out. yeah every time sounds Speaking like the conjuring yeah <laughs> freaking Speaking me out of the Chitari, i've got a i've got a question for you yeah we talked about this in the privacy of our own house <laughs> but did we talk about the reason behind or oh no is this going to come up later on the show i can't from I, I can't i don't i don't remember this in our outline so Stop me if this is on our outline. Okay. This, okay. I, I'm audience. I'm gonna break the wall here and talk to you guys. Uh, forgive me if I ruin the show for you. Um, have we spoken? You're the set. You're the other half of the show, so I don't think you can. <laughs> oh, gosh, Chris. Oh, <laughs> I thought it <laughs> was is, a mirage. So yeah. So for those, <laughs> we're in the studio, and there is a glass sliding door. And after my whole talk about Cody pointing behind me, like, Chris goes to walk out to, I don't know where Chris went, but, like, he just walks His by the- His hair just yeah. flows by. Chris has beautiful, beautiful, beautiful locks long, of gold. Yeah. Beautiful and hair. He, and he just, like, walked by, and his hair just, like, flowed, and it was so scary. <laughs> I thought <laughs> he was, not a mirage, a specter. Yeah. yeah. Like, Okay. What oh, were you saying, though? So, I was going to say, have we yet talked about why the two, uh, frac- I guess, fr- yeah, fractions of the Marvel franchise in, you know, the DC, or yeah, DC, Marvel uh, TV universe and the Marvel Cinematic Universe don't talk? Or, uh, or, or why they don't talk, reference one another? We have another? not yet. Is that on this show? Is not. I didn't I think was going so. To talk of, I think I was going to talk about it next time. Okay. But no, I just, we can talk about it. No, I was just thinking it was we relevant. Can, we can definitely talk about it because we were talking about Luke Cage and and yeah, how they kind of sort of mention Marvel characters from the movies in Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, but not really. Yeah, Andrew, you got the scoop on that. I got the scoop. Let's talk about that now. Okay. You know, Lucy Liu, she's directing first episode of season two. We don't care. Right. Or we do care. Good for her. Good for her. She's awesome. She's a cool gal. I've been watching Fresh Off the Boat, so good for, you Big know, fan. Ama- Asian Americans, you know, doing more. In- like her name. She's <laughs> cute. Uh, she's, she's attractive. Had, she's attractive. Yeah. She's had a long career. <clears throat> okay. Like so, her name. So, first of all, Joss Whedon has said in many interviews that he feels like it would ruin the dramatic tension of the first Avengers film, and by extension, the entire MCU, if Coulson was not permanently dead, which is weird because he kind of went against that by creating his TV show 
Agents of Shield, where one of the main characters is Agent Coulson. Uh, so apparently the reason of this, the reason that these two TV shows have not, uh, the shows and the movies have not connected is because the head of the movie division despises the head of the TV division of Marvel and does everything he can to prevent any continuity ties to the TV projects. If you watch the various Marvel TV shows, you'll notice that the continuity ties to the movies are all one way and mostly read like stuff where they come up with on their own. Um, uh, yeah, don't buy into the standard just like excuses of their schedule coordinations are too difficult or anything like that. But that's why you won't see uh, really any TV show anything in the movies. It's all there, black and white, clear as crystal. Yeah. Uh, it's just Hollywood egos getting in the way, um, which is weird because Agent Coulson is, is the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. In the in the Agents of the S.H.I.E.L.D. show. Yeah. Uh, they've had Jamie Alexander on there, for those who don't know, as Lady Sif. They've had... They've actually had uh, Kree, like an actual Kree warrior, come down in on the show, and they fought a Kree warrior. Who and for those who don't know, Ronan from Guardians of the Galaxy was Kree. Uh, they've talked about Chitari stuff. Um, I mean, freaking Winter Soldier changed the whole whole show, made it better. So it just sucks that the shows can reference the movies all they want, but the movies won't even acknowledge. Uh, the TV shows. Uh, so you won't get any of the cool, awesome characters, especially that they have like a ghostwriter now uh, in Agents mm. of S.H.I.E.L.D. You won't get Sky. You won't get the secret warriors who are, you know, Daisy, who is Quake. You won't get any of the Inhuman characters, especially now that Inhumans is a TV show, which just looks terrible. And you won't get like Daredevil being with Spider-Man or anything like that. And I think that'd be great because that is what happens. Yeah, in the, in the comics. comics. Yeah, so it's just annoying that I want to see Daredevil with team up at least at least with one of the other Aven- Avengers or another yeah. Marvel Cinematic Universe character. But they're not yeah. because it's weird because Kevin Feige is the head of Marvel, but he's not like the movie department head. He's just the producer of everything, and so. He does the producing of the TV shows as well. It's just, it's annoying. Also, I found out that the showrunner for Inhumans is the showrunner for Iron Fist. No wonder that show looks terrible. Uh, How but, do you really feel? Yeah, yeah, that show looks terrible. So moving on, um, Marvel Infinity was shown at D23 with standing ovation. Uh, not the not the whole movie, but the Infinity War trailer was shown. So we should be getting that within the next two months, probably soon after San Diego Comic-Con. It's usually when they show off the big name trailers. Cool. Uh, so, yeah. I heard they also had Star Wars footage at the D23. Okay, yeah. How like, often does something like that get a standing ovation? Uh, Well, here's the thing. Batman vs. Superman got a standing ovation. <laughs> yeah. But that was by uh, Warner Brothers movie executives. Uh, whereas this is D twenty three is like audience, like us, like us people. Um, so very rare that wow. that gets a whole audience just standing up, 
which means that this either the trailer was just really well done. I do have faith in it. It is the Russo brothers. They did Civil War and Winter Soldier, and they've done a couple of episodes of Arrested Development. Ooh. Fun fact. Uh, the 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 stair truck from Arrested Development is in Civil War, actually. Oh, by the way, that reminds me. Remember how we were talking about Ron Howard at one point? Yes. Scott wanted me to to let you know that yeah. actually the best thing, the best project that he's ever been involved in is Arrested Development. Yeah. I don't. I don't think he directed. Directed. I think he. Produced no, he was it. the. He was the narrator. He was the narrator. But yeah. did, did he? Did, was he a producer at all? I think he was. I think he wrote some as well. But yeah, he was the narrator of the show. Uh, but in Scott's humble opinion, that's the best thing Ron Howard is, ever did. It's one of the best. Uh, I know it's. I his liked best. Apollo when I was a kid. Apollo yeah. thirteen. And um, you know, Gladiator. No, I'm kidding. We're not doing that again. Uh, okay. No, and I mean, one of my the. One that just will always stick out to me is Opie. Oh, of course. I love Andy Griffith. Yeah. That's like, every time people talk about Ron Howard, I actually- Hi, Paul. Yeah. I always just think of Opie. What do you think of his character? Well, actually, my favorite thing he ever did was still his character in American Graffiti. Okay. And And then Happy Days, of course, too. He's basically- I feel like like Happy Days and American Graffiti are kind of the same character. Uh, yeah, his character in American Graffiti is a little more assertive and kind of more of a jerk. Yeah. He's a less likable character. Richie yeah. Cunningham Especially is- Especially when he's like, I need something to remember you by. Oh, he's, he's like, he's like, no, yeah, he's like, don't you want to give me something to remember you by? Yeah, it's not going to be myself. When he's like, you don't want me to forget you, do you? Oh, so, I want to punch him so bad. Yeah, I mean like, yeah. Older times, so it's can the emotion is conveyed differently than the way it would be now. Yeah. Where the guy- is like whoa, 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 whatever millennial slang BS talk, <laughs> whereas he's just like, don't you want me to remember you? Yeah, still sleazy. Yeah, still sleazy. Uh, so totally unnecessary. I didn't need to take it there. No, it's fine. It's fine. Totally bad. It's just fine. Totally wrong. It's fine. <laughs> is it fine, Andrew? It's fine. It's fine. You know what's also fine? Your shirt. Thank you. Shazam <laughs> starts filming 2018. Dude. No way. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I've been waiting forever for that movie to actually start going into- That's because it was- In I production like, hell forever. I think it's like 2013 when they announced it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Also, That's awesome. We still, just, just, just nice to know that. We still have so many DC movies that were announced that don't have release dates because they keep getting destroyed as soon as they people get to them. Do you know how many DC movies are in production hell or have been? Uh, currently three. I mean, in history, like oh. there were yes. numerous Batman movies that were supposed to be made in the seventies and eighties. Superman movie that Kevin Smith was supposed to do the nineties one. Yeah, with well, yeah, with Nicolas Cage and directed by Tim Burton. Yeah, where Superman has scissors for hands. <laughs> yeah, not really. No, he doesn't. not really. He doesn't. Kevin Smith said that, but yeah. he wasn't being serious. He wasn't. He's he's so funny. He's a comedian. He's a funny guy. He's so funny. He uh he wrote some Green Arrow actually. Yes, I've, I've heard, heard it's I've heard it's it's okay. it's like good. I've heard it's solid. Yeah, it's probably that's not the as best good way. That's the best way to put it. Like it's solid. Solid. Yeah. When people tell me things are solid, I always assume they that means like there's nothing wrong with it, but it wasn't particularly whelming. That's what solid is. Yeah. But I've heard people say, uh, for instance, I've got a friend who says solid. Oftentimes, when he means something is strong. Yeah. 
I guess. But to me, when I hear solid, I'm like, oh, so you didn't love it. Yeah, that's... Oh, no, 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 no. It's a solid movie. But, you know, could have been better. Yeah. Could have been better. That's how I... To me, solid means, but there are a lot of ifs, ands, and buts about it. I think that's what I said with uh, Wonder Woman. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And it's what I said when I initially, initially saw... Initially? Initially saw Spider-Man Homecoming. I'm glad you liked it more the second time around. Yeah, it's easier when you're not looking at the negatives. Uh, then, one thing I am excited about, it's it's a love-hate relationship, Cody, that this is actually happening. Nightwing director says, actor must love the character as much as he does in order to be chosen as Nightwing. Uh, so, I mean, it's love-hate because I don't trust DC with anything, and I'd rather them not do a movie about my precious... Nightwing. I um, mean... I need them to prove to me five times in a row that they can actually make a movie. I mean, I, as much as I would have to say, yes, of course I want a Nightwing movie. Yeah. I mean, take note of my facial expression right now. Yes. He can see it, you guys Do you know can't. why they're doing a Nightwing movie? Money. Yes. But <laughs> do you know... Do you know what gave them the, the go? Lego Batman doing well. Really? Yes. That doesn't surprise me. Oh, so what I was going to say is I want to see it, but not yet. They haven't proven themselves. Yeah, like I said, five movies. Give me five solid movies. <laughs> it, no, it's nice. It's solid. Uh, solid, just like good, enjoyable, watchable In movies. In context, I understood what you meant. Yes. Uh, and then I will accept your Nightwing movie. Yes. But... So far, you have given me one solid movie and two liquidy movies. Liquidy? Yes. Uh, which was BVS and Suicide Squad. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. in production hell right now is, I mean, Shazam still isn't in production. So, right. we still don't know. It says productions pr- production should start 2018, but we don't know. And then... The Batman still is in uh, this weird place being rewritten. Matt Reeves is directing. So I'm not too worried about that one, but still, like, that that was announced before BVS was. Um, and then The Flash keeps getting different directors, like, every single week. The only, like, good-to-go DC movie right now, after Justice League, is Aquaman. That's good. But, so, I think that's 2018 sometime. Justice gonna... League comes out like in two months, dude. I think it's it's like end of August. I think that's crazy. I don't I don't even know the date. I don't either. Yeah, I, just, I, I had forgotten that. I it forgot was the movie <laughs> existed. I can't. Did yeah. we? Did we kind of want to forget it? Yeah, I I actively like forgot about it. I've been thinking about other movies. I mean, Dark Tower is in like two weeks. Yeah, wow, that means my birthday's in two weeks. I hadn't thought You're about gonna that. Be Twenty-four, four plus, plus five. five. <laughs> uh, Dark Tower. I mean, the thing about, I guess the thing about Dark Tower is, it still looks like a solid movie. Solid. Yeah. There's that word again. I told you, it's a, it's a it's word. A, it's a, you know what it is, it's, Andrew. It's, it's a, a go-to seven, word. It's a seven point five. It's a go-to word for. It means like at least decent. Yes. It can mean better. Yeah. 
but it means at least I feel decent. like that's majority of the movies I've seen this year. That's the majority of movies ever. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Well, I don't know. There's probably a lot of ones that don't get released. I read an article about unreleased movies, a b- bunch of famous actors, like people who, like, you'd be like, how was this person in a movie this bad? And like, they There was an unreleased released. Justice League movie by Gilmore Del Toro. Really? Yep. It was that bad? Uh, I don't know if it was bad. The set design looked pretty awesome. Like, they had Martian Manhunter. I I, I don't, didn't I didn't know that. I don't know what's worth my words today. Martian Manhunter. Dude, yeah. And, that's cool. And he looked BA. Like, I was excited. And then we're getting this movie. I go, he's not even there. Isn't freaking, that a mistake? Freaking cyborg. 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 His name is Cyborg. Cyborg can get out of my dreams and, well, no, and, that's the and, wrong, wrong and expression. And then go off into his own car. <laughs> get, get into his own car. Yeah. Drive away. Martian Manhunter can get out of my dreams and into my car. Yeah. I love that character. So great. John Johns. Yeah. Didn't we decide he's like... He's a black character. He's the only green black man? Yes. Yeah, definitely. And a hush falls over the room. And the hush. <sighs> uh, uh, yeah, so Nightwing. Uh, I'm excited that the director is excited for it. And he I, has some standard if he's saying this guy's got to be as stoked about it as me. Yeah. So, but the as, thing is, as, at, as at the I, end of the day, he really he doesn't is. have any decision decision making, uh, except for how the movie turns out. Like, I don't think he can cast. I don't think he's a casting director. So, hmm. it's up in the air at that point. You see how they're doing Barry Allen and how much I don't trust them with those characters. Uh, so moving on to our main topic, which I think should be pretty fun, which is the yeah. top 10 comics that changed the game. I'm really stoked because I've made this kind of a mystery to myself. I haven't looked at the list yet. I haven't either. I thought about it. Didn't do it. Didn't do it. Okay. So, number one, Action Comics number one. The first comic to ever show Superman. That's uh, pretty the, huge. The first comic to really show a superhero, which was debuted in 1938 uh, by Jason Siegel and Joe Schuster. Is it Joe, is, is it Joe or Joel? Jerry, Jerry Joe. Seeger and Joe Schuster. It is Joe? I thought, yeah. I thought it was Joel. Uh, I'm reading here Joe. Could be a, it could be a misprint. I know my, I know my soups pretty well, but I'm not, I'm not positive. Okay, I'm not trying to combat we'll check you. That, we'll check that later. Uh, yeah. So you think that's a solid number one? That dude. I mean, yeah. I don't know. That why is I that, that is changing the game. That's like that is making the game. That is like Elvis Presley on yeah. TV for the first time for music. Yeah. That's it. It literally is. We're bringing this on home. Yes. Because. Superheroes in the abstract sense, like that, you know, there have been. I think the Shadow had maybe been around. Maybe I don't know. I honestly don't know my timeline because I think that he was just back. a radio show at that point. Yes, but they described him as kind of this masked like dude, but he had a fedora yeah. and he was kind of a. Di- he wasn't really described as being a superhero. No, because they. I do remember that they that the mask and Doc. Uh, what's his name, Doc? I know The Rock's playing him in the new movie that's coming up. Man, I forgot his name. Uh, but yeah, they were kind of like 
comic book heroes around Batman. I think yeah. they're in detective comics. I could be wrong too. Shadow might have been better or better. Might have <laughs> been a- the Shadow might have been after. He might have been better than Batman. <laughs> no, he wasn't. But maybe I'm thinking of the spirit. That's what I'm thinking of. The spirit was with Batman. The spirit, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Um, but remember the Shadow movie with Alec Baldwin? With Alec Baldwin, yeah. Love that movie. Do you, are you a fan? Are you a fan of that? Yeah, I loved it as a kid. I haven't seen it in forever. Does it's, it hold up well at all? I would say it semi holds up. I would say it holds up in the same way that Dick Tracy holds up. See, I love Dick Tracy still. Yeah, it's just like that is noir style, if, right? If, yes, very yeah. much so. If you showed the shadow to a modern generation with no context whatsoever, they wouldn't get it. They wouldn't get it. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be as good to them. Uh, so, nineteen fifty-two, Astro Boy. I'm unfamiliar with that. Okay. Uh, so Astro Boy is one of the first like manga Japanese comics. Uh, so which is why it changed the game with that. Uh, then the other, which I do agree with, 1961 Fantastic Four, uh, written Ooh. by uh, Stanley, uh, drawn by Jack Kirby. Yes, I agree with that. The Fantastic Four were pretty much the start of the modern day Marvel. Um, they were start of the super team, right? Yes, uh, and this and the family kind of dynamic mm-hmm. with that would later join with X Men, Spider Man, Batman, all that kind of stuff. Started with Fantastic Four, uh, with the the team of four, and the team of four with different powers who were all respected the same. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Like, there was your groups that loved Mister Fantastic, groups that loved Invisible Woman, groups that loved Johnny Storm. And groups that love the thing, Ben Grimm. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> then 1968, Zap Comics. I didn't even know about this, uh, but apparently, uh, but it's like the one of the first starts of underground comics, which like I would say they're the first image or the first heavy metal where you could read about drugs and sex and music. Um, yeah. So it was. One of those kind of like small, kind of indie underground. That's kind of neat. I didn't know about Zap. Yeah, and then Will Eisner's A Contract with God. Have you seen that? Have you read that? Uh-uh. Uh. So Will Eisner, for those who don't know, uh, is the one that he creates the spirit. Um, and then so he did a series called A Contract with God, uh, which goes into just like the storytelling of I believe a man's life. Um, dealing with religious items. So, yeah. That's on the list. Uh, 1986, Watchmen. Uh, they put this together. I don't know why. But Watchmen and Batman the Dark Knight Returns. Um, they put it on the same level? Yes. Of importance at the same time. I think... I think those two came out the same year. Yeah, okay. I uh, buy that. So Watchmen, written by Alan Moore, and Batman The Dark Knight Returns, written by F- Frank Miller. Yes. Yes. Written okay. and drawn by Frank Miller. Frank, uh, I don't think he drew all of it. I think he had help from someone else. He did? I think so. Okay. Well, Because had- I know he's do- he wrote... Uh, Dark Knight Returns Volume Three. Well, he had he had help with like colors or something because there is okay. an, there's another name. Yeah, because on... he doesn't do colors. No, he hates doing colors, as seen in Sin City. Yeah. yeah. No, but there's another name on the cover. I can't remember who it is. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, and then Dave Gibbons is the one that uh, drew 
Watchmen. Uh, but yeah, so definitely those were the start of the modern or the nineties edgy versions of comic books, which shows us, which I mean, Alan Moore hated. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which which shows me to my to myself like how young I really am because when I think about the golden oldies. I mean, really, Watchmen's one of the first that I think of as far as like yeah. being important to comic books. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously not above the first appearance of Superman, but. Uh, and then these next two, I've never heard before. Uh, Persepolis, a story <laughs> of a childhood, um, and it's kind of like a it's a black and white memoir, like an illustrated memoir, which my I guess. People started doing after that as well. I know Stan Lee has a comic me- memoir. I have it. Uh, and then in 1993, Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud, which I would say kind of changes the game. It just, uh, it's a fun kind of like comprehensive way of understanding comics, which is, I mean, that's the title of the comic, but it's really cool just for people who aren't comic readers to see why people read comics. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, actually a different list than I thought it would be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, I, there's a couple and like that I, said, I those, would have been in there. Those are changing the game, which aren't really like... I'm surprised there's no image. Like, that is... Especially with, like, Spawn. It's because... Uh, for those who don't know, Image Comics started by three prominent artists and writers leaving the two major studios because they were fed up with how they were being treated. That would be Jim Lee, uh, Rob Liefeld, and um, Scott McFarland. Not Scott McFarland. Uh, Todd. Todd McFarland. Todd. Uh, so great, they would, great illustrator. Yes. Illustrator. Great uh, artist. Artists, yeah. Yeah, and so they... I guess, no, that's, that's illustrating, essentially, yeah. yeah. Yeah, both Jim Lee and... Uh, I mean, all three of them were artists. Yeah. I mean, Rob, Rob, Rob Liefeld was kind of like the worst of the two, of the three. Yeah. But Jim uh, Lee and, and Todd McFarlane are on another level when yeah. it comes to skill. The interesting thing is all three of those guys have a very 90s way of drawing. Like, if you see their stuff, you're like... This is from the 90s. 90s or 80s. Yeah. Todd uh, McFarlane did Batman Year 2, which I believe was 80s. Okay. And then, yeah, he's the creator of Spawn. And then Jim Lee did a ton of Batman um, Batman stuff. In the 90s and 2000s. Yeah. And then Rob Liefeld created Deadpool. He created a lot of like your classic 90s Marvel stuff. Yeah. Um, also, a lot of terrible Marvel 90s stuff. <laughs> there was uh, a lot of just... But he he reinvigorated Filler Marvel stuff he, in the 90s. He reinvigorated the scene. Like as terrible as it was, uh now that we look back on it as kids we're just like, yeah. Uh but I look at that now I'm just like this is so bad. Especially the way he draws women. They they don't have I don't know. I feel like Rob Liefeld just has never seen a woman before. <laughs> just like the way they're drawn, they have no skeleton at all. Like, it has nothing to do with, like, the fact that they have just, like, giant boobs and big butts. It's just, like, yeah. there's no back. Like, and their arms are tiny. It's, like, he can't draw feet. That's funny. Every, almost Pouches. every. Pouches. Yeah. 
and a ton of pouches. If you ever saw your superhero character all of a sudden with pouches, they were drawn by Rob Liefeld. Um, yeah, so, I mean, he did bring us Cable and Deadpool, which is... Like glorious. I still have a soft spot for some of the for some of the '90s artwork, like yeah. the '90s X-Men, and yeah, some, some, and some of the drawings of those characters are cool. There's a Jim Lee like '90s X-Men postcard out there, that's re- like really cool, mm. and it's all of them like heading to like a watering hole. So they're all in like, you got the dudes who are just in their swim trunks, they're just like jacked. I was surprised there was nothing about X-Men on that list. Yes. X-Men was huge socially. Yes, but I think... When Actually, it, you know what I'm most surprised wasn't on there? Green Lantern, Green Arrow. Uh, so remember, the, the this list were things that changed the game of comics, not how society l- perceived comics. Yeah, I get that, but I, I also do feel like the way they wrote those comics... I just... Changed, I, it would change the way writers would write comics. In yeah, the but I just don't think... Uh, Green Arrow and Green Lantern affected comics later on. Like, it affected how people perceived comics, and it really affected how people were like, oh, this is... Comics are much deeper than we thought they were. Yeah, but, but you don't think you don't think that would uh, uh, continue to, like, influence other writers, is what I'm I, saying. I've just never heard of a writer say, like, this is my influence, and Green, Green Arrow and Green Lantern are, are one of them. I feel, I feel like there would like be. I've I seen, mean, I've I've seen I've people watched... talk about like the original like Superman comics, the original Batman comics, Silver Age Batman. Oh yeah. And so like I've seen people say like that changed the game, but I've never seen I've seen people say that like that changed society's mind on things, but it didn't like change the actual game of the I mean, I don't know what the exact criteria of the list is, but that popped into my head. Yeah. Uh I mean, that's going to be ours. Like, and ours is going to be different. What changed comics for us? Like, what? Yeah, big stuff. That's fair. Uh, so. Yeah, so that's that list. Uh, what we are going to do now is we have a top five comics that um, changed our game, that really changed how we perceived comics. And so we're going to give those to you guys. Uh, Cody, what's your what's your uh, number one? My number one, I think... I mean, everyone knows that it's going to be a Batman comic book. And I, th- I think yeah. once before I talked about this comic book being, like, maybe my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think... I, I still have to talk about this right now as uh, Hush. Okay. Um, just because of it's, it's a long detective story. And that was what got me into Batman as a kid in the first place. Was I always loved the detective part of it, and um, that's a story that by the end of it you still don't kind of feel good. Yeah, Uh, especially with Catwoman, and she's like, "Hush!" And he's like, "Why did you say that?" (coughs) Yeah, and then I mean, I so I read Hush, uh, Arkham Asylum, and Killing Joke all within like a week of one another. Those are all very dark. Yeah. Just, like, not feel-good stories. But Hush is just one of those ones that just... It's just so epic in scope. Hush is Grant Morrison, right? No, it's Jeff Loeb. And Tim Sale. Uh, no, Jim Lee. Okay. Uh, okay. Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale will be, like, Dark Victory, Long Halloween, okay. Long all Halloween. those. Yeah. Haunted Night. 
Good ones. That's underrated. No one ever. Everyone always talks about Dark Victory and and Long Halloween. No one. No one ever. Which it's actually Long Halloween, Dark Victory. Dark but no Victory. one talks about Haunted Night. It's actually it's very good. Short short read, but it's very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I have to say Hush for me because it uh, it was the first comic book that I ever uh, reread. Okay. I think I think I re- I would go on to reread a lot of Batman after that, but Hush was the first time I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good! Like I love this the way I love yeah. a Batman movie. Yeah, and after that, it gets a little harder to do. Um, I'm probably gonna have to throw in honorable mentions to some that I'm not gonna put on just because I don't, you know, I don't want to be seem too predictable or just throw in things that I feel like I have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think number two for me is gonna have to be Red Sun. Okay. Uh, for me, Red Sun was the comic book. It was, it was it was the graphic novel that showed me you can take a concept that on the surface just seems like blasphemous. Okay, like you know, yeah. at least to to, to Superman yeah. fans, people who love the Americana superhero. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and you just totally throw all that to the wind and make him a Russian. Russian. Yeah, and it's still amazing. It's so good, and it's Mark Millar, and Mark Millar's a genius, so that's why it works. But I mean, that. So from then on, that mo- that that movie, that comic book would change the way I look at storytelling in general. Where, as long as it's explained correctly, you can actually change a huge part of a character and make it work still. Yeah, not maybe their personality mm-hmm. or you know other things, but you know you can change their background. You can change other things. Yeah, you yeah. can change their background their and, environments. And you can, Entirely screw with the universe because, like, yeah. I'm pretty sure in that in that uh, graphic novel, the Green Lantern Corps is something else entirely. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Lex Luthor runs them. It's weird. It's I, I can't remember. It's been so long since I've read it, but I'm I'm pretty sure the Green Lantern Corps has nothing to do with what it is. And in, in like that's the, awesome. Yeah. So that comic book was super special to me. Um, I'm gonna go number three, Kingdom Come, because the artwork is so. Good. Alex Ross. Alex Ross is so talented. I had never seen anything like that before. Yeah. I had seen his posters and his and his uh the cardboard cutouts and things, but I had never like, you know, thumbed through all those pages and gotten mm-hmm. immersed been, been immersed in a story with art that was that fantastic. Just mm-hmm. spectacular. Um number four for me is uh Green Lantern run the Green Lantern run from the late two thousands that Jeff Johns did. Okay. Um I don't think I'd ever been more devoted to a run in my entire life as far yeah. as like just buying issues hand over fist and trades and just going through everything that I could get my hands on of of, yeah. a, of a certain era. That's my what that's my number 4. Yeah. Number 5 that's a little trickier. <sighs> Even though I don't want to, I was going to make this an honorable mention, but I'm going to go Watchmen. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Watchmen is very enjoyable. I've only read mm-hmm. it once. I'm very familiar with the story, though, because I've re- seen the movie so many times. Yeah, and it's not a forgettable story. So. It's not a forgettable story. Nothing about it. What's funny yeah. is that even though I've watched the movie m- many times and I've never reread the comic book, I still say the comic book just slaps the snot out of the movie. Yes. Even, and even though the like, movie is I remember, solid. I remember moments of the comic book more than the moments of the, the movie. I do, too. Yeah. Like like the tidbit scenes where there's, like, the the people in the city mm-hmm. and, like, what... It, the guy... Remember the guy on the street? 
who ends up I think he ends up being Rorschach. Is that who that is? The, the guy walking, the guy walking, the hobo walking around, the unmasked guy, and it's actually Rorschach unmasked. I'm pretty sure isn't isn't that in the comic book? So I said that, and it's also because I remember so little of the movie, but I don't remember that. Okay, well, and then oh, I forgot one big detail the movie left out. At least it left out so much of it that I don't remember it being in the movie. Is the kid reading the pirate comic book? Uh, the comic book. So the, the comic, comic book, book I with, remember. I, the comic book within the comic book. That I was think, so neat. I think it is. Like it's in there. It's in the movie. I know it is. I think it's referenced. That you don't really, you don't really like see it go through. No, but I think you see. I think they do like a motion comic of it. Do they? I a little bit. I, of just it. Don't I don't have... think they do the whole comic. Right. But I think they do a little bit, and it's a it's a black kid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, and on the, the side of the street. Yep, yeah. uh, right, near the uh, newsstand. Yes, and that that kid's in it. Okay, I, it's well, at the very beginning. He's reading the comic book. Yes. I remember that, but like yeah. it was so neat to read that, and I was like, oh, little there's, side story. Yeah, here. there's more of that comic in the comic than there is in the movie. But yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna go. That's my top five. Okay, and uh, I'm probably gonna change it and credit myself next week. But yeah, you know that's the beauty of comics. All right, how about you, Andrew? I'm, I'm curious about Andrew's top five. Uh, Amazing Fantasy number fifteen. Uh, that's the first time you see Spider-Man. Uh, really, just changed it. Um, it was the first time I was invested in a character. Like I, I had read some comics before, but like I had, I had Steel comics. Oh yeah. Uh, back in the day. Which kind of traumatized me because I think at like one point someone's like chest explodes. It was weird, uh, but yeah. So I had those. I had some. I had some like Death of Superman where like he shows up and there's Steel, there's the Eradicator, there's Cyborg Superman, and there's Superboy Prime. I really want to read those for nostalgia's sake because that <clears throat> was what was going on in comics when I was a little kid. Yeah, so and I've never read the run. Yeah, I've only read issues. And I remember he had like and kind I couldn't of, read very there, well. I, I think was, like, there was five. Batman, and like Batman showed up and he's like, "None of you are Superman." And it was like this cool moment of like Batman knew Superman, and he's like, "None of you are Superman." Uh, so there was that, but that didn't really change anything. Um, it wasn't until Spider-Man Amazing Fantasy 15 where I was just like, I read it and I went, I love this character. I went out, I bought like three trades of the original Spider-Man comics. I bought Ultimate Spider-Man comics. I love the movie. Uh, it was a huge deal. Like that really changed. That's awesome. Yeah. How I dealt with comics. Uh, number two is Chuck Dixon's Nightwing. Yeah, uh, I awesome. originally had gotten, I think it was like 1 through 16, uh, a friend of mine's uncle had like just given them to me of Chuck Dixon's Nightwing, and I just read it, like I just devoured it. I loved it so much, and uh, it really just showed Dick Grayson as a character, it really solidified him as my favorite uh, in DC, because before that was Flash, like I enjoyed Flash. Uh, especially from Justice League Unlimited or the Justice League animated TV show, Wally West Flash. Uh, I just loved his character. Um, but this comic really just showed... It It was the first comic to change my favorite character in a in a major like publishing company. Mm-hmm. So like DC was Flash. Then 
like I read the Nightwing Chuck Dixon, I was just like, nope, this is my new favorite character. Yeah. Uh, and from there on, it, it's always been. Uh, number three would have to be um, Justice, which is also by Alex Ross. Uh, Justice. Oh, that's the that's the one that I haven't read yet yeah. that I need to read. That was when I was from, a kid from DC. When I was a kid, I would go to the library and just grab trades, and I would just read them. I remember reading a lot of like all new or new mutants, where it was the like I'm pretty sure like Professor X was dead, and Xavier was running the school, and so like there was a new group of. X-Men mutants that were popping up. Um, a lot of cool characters. I remember reading that a lot. Uh, but I had gotten this comic, this trade, and on one was the... It was the heroes on one of the trades. And then on the volume two, it was the villains. Right. And I was like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And so I read them, and I was just like, man, this is epic. Like, this is so good. Uh, the art was fantastic. It was the first time I ever gained respect for Aquaman, um, because at one point they're like, they're like, we had we've killed Aquaman, and they're experimenting on him, and like as they're experimenting on him, like his wound that killed him closes, and like he just gets up and just wrecks shop. And it's like <laughs> I was like, wait, Aquaman's badass, and it's yeah. just like this whole motion of like he is has super strength he has this healing ability he, you can't really kill aquaman uh and it was really cool just to see that and so that kind of just changed how i saw the epicness of comics yeah so i'm gonna need you to uh proofread my mind for a second okay. i think my first exposure to mark way was didn't he write he's the author of kingdom Come. he's the author of kingdom Come. yeah and see his dialogue in that is spectacular yeah I, it wasn't until you were, for some reason, I was, as you were talking about the cover of Justice and all that yeah. stuff, I was thinking about, like, oh, yeah, how awesome Alex Ross's artwork is, and I was like, I remember no, Mark yeah, Wade's Mark, name. Yeah, Mark Wade wrote yeah. Kingdom Come. Yeah. That's why, that's why I... No, he's a great writer. It's just when it, with Marvel, he's been doing weird things, so okay. it's hard to All right, I, excited, I, I digress. But, uh, then... Uh, this was a hard one. It was either going to be a tie between Matt Fraction's Hawkeye uh, or Civil War. Civil War really got me into events, but I'm really going to give it to Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. Uh, and that's the first time I cared about a B-list character superhero. And um, because Nightwing at the time is still A-list. Like, you talk about Nightwing with comic book people, and everyone's like, yes, we know who Nightwing is. You talk about Hawkeye, and it's like, eh, I guess. Uh, and Matt Fraction's Hawkeye is just a wonderful just piece of art. Um, just explaining the non-superpowered hero who does his best to just help people. Uh, and how it really sometimes doesn't work out for him. And no one really knows him knows who he is no one takes him seriously as an avenger uh yeah so it's it's a really fun awesome read it was the first time that i branched out and actually bought trades for a different other than you know my classic spider-man uh nightwing flash i think i had green lantern uh and then fifth i was trying to figure out and it's a it's not really a tie, 
but I'm going to give it to Saga. And Saga is a, um, it's an image comic. It's the first time I took indie comics seriously. Uh, I know my brother has had indie comics for a long time. I mean, I read Bone. I love Bone. Uh, and I guess I hadn't thought about that because I guess there's my Vertigo. favorite comic book run of all time is on an independent label. Amory Wars. Amory Wars, yeah. but I didn't want to. I wasn't even going to mention that until now because yeah. I've talked about it. Yeah. But by the time that I got into that, I was already so immersed in comics that I didn't pay attention to the fact that it was an indie label yeah. or anything. And so, but Saga was the first time where I was like, indie comics can just can be just as good, if not better. Absolutely. I mean, then, I can say that for like one of the yeah. comics we're going to talk about later. Yeah. Is is. And so yeah. that was a huge point where I said, you know what? I'm going to get more invested. Uh, so after Saga, uh, my my brother has Saga, but then also my friend Ben. He also uh, let me read his Saga trades. But so after that, I just, yeah, straight up I bought, I started getting to Rat Queens. I got the book Sovereign, which I was like, eh, it wasn't that good. But Rat Queens was good. Uh I've been getting into a series that Cody and I've been getting into: Birthright, Birthright, uh, East of West, Lazarus, uh, The Fix. Yeah, just so many good stories. The covers of East of West and The Fix looking looked intriguing. Uh, the Fix, I don't think you'll like. Okay. Uh, East of West, I think you, you, you might like. Noted. Um, but The Fix, I know for a fact you won't like. Cause, really? Yeah, the main characters are scummy. Uh, uh and yeah. it's like nothing is feel good it's mm. just it's super super dark humor which is something i enjoy um but like it's i mean i enjoy myself some always sunny yeah it's always sunny if they were worse ooh yeah um like he's a dirty cop and he's not a dirty cop because he has a reason it's like he's a dirty cop because he wants to be a dirty cop gotcha yeah and everyone knows it and everyone else is the same way so there's a lot of just like killing What's people. What's his name? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I only have two trades, and I didn't really invest in that much. Uh, but East of West is good. Um, Lazarus also good. Yeah, solid stuff. Indie. There's indie. that word again, solid. Good stuff. Great <laughs> stuff. Awesome stuff. Uh, there is some solid stuff, and there's some not some solid stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my top five. I would say. Good. All good. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, let us know your top five, actually. You know, just send us a little little comment, little message. You said that while looking at me, and I was like, I just, are you serious? Cody, tell me your top five. I just told you. Tell me your top five. Uh, Chris, is there any comment? Are you there, Chris? I am there. Okay. Just want to make sure. Uh, Hi, Chris. How are you? Hey, hi. Uh, Hey, hi. you, You don't have to give us top five. But like, what is what would you say is a comic that you know, in the comic world, has changed how you view comics? Uh you know, I have never been one that's been into comics. Not because yeah. I don't think I would enjoy it. I just never took the time to invest in it. Yeah. Um. Uh, I talked to you about this earlier when we went and saw Spider Man. Spider Man, but I was into Spider-Man when, you know, you'd get the free ones from the newspaper. Yes. And I know, 
because I got the same thing, and I loved every bit of it. Yeah, I really enjoyed those. Yeah. Um, and there was a time in my life where I purchased a few, I think it was Ultimate Spider-Man okay. uh, comics. Um, but other than that, I never really dived into the comic book world. Yeah. Um, and that isn't saying I don't enjoy it because I obviously love the movies Mm -hmm. and I like listening to you guys talk about it. I just don't know all that much. Yeah. Which is why I was like, I mean, it can be heady and there's a lot to it and there's just these crazy worlds. Some are immersive in a good way. Some are just aggravatingly overwhelming. Just like there's just too much nonsense. Yeah. I think like um, what you were talking about the Marvel universe earlier sounded just terrible to me. Yeah. It's what's hard it's also what discouraged me from getting into yeah. it. What's hard also for people who haven't really been into it is they they re they look at it and go, "Well, do I have to start from the beginning?" Cuz then that's a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think that's it scares people whereas that's why I love times with like DC Rebirth which just happened about two it's almost been 2 years. Uh, I thought it was last year. No. Rebirth? Yeah. It's almost been two years. Are you? I, I'm serious. For sure. I'm pretty, I'm positive. I remember it being last spring. I, I need to look into I remember, it. I thought I remember at the time I had but been they're reading on like, they're, like on Green Arrow. Is, they're like on issue like 25 of Superman. And those are once a month. I, th- I thought it was a little, I, I thought it was a little over a year ago. I, th- I thought it was the beginning of last spring. I'll, I'll look into it, but I'm pretty sure it was two years ago. Okay. Um. Uh. Yes, Chris. Doctor Strange is Marvel. Yes. 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 Um. Speaking of like being discouraged, and also because I love Benedict Cumberbatch, um, but that movie, I walked out of it thinking, what more can they do like what bigger enemy can there be than what he had to face uh thanos which is going to be who they're fighting in infinity war um because dormammu the the difference is dormammu isn't a physical threat he's a magical threat which is why dr fate i mean dr fate that's dc uh dr strange was one of the only ones who could actually deal with him Mm-hmm. Uh, but even then, if Doctor Strange had unlocked the full power of the Eye of Agamotto uh, and became the Sorcerer Supreme, he would have been able to deal with Dormammu very easily, uh, and Dormammu wouldn't have had a chance. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think I have to watch it again. Yeah. But I just, yeah, my initial reaction was like, what other creature can like ever compare to that because it was yeah like, yeah it was pretty big time it was um it was cool the like visual spectacle was pretty yes. awesome oh gosh yeah that movie had awesome and visuals f- for those who love the visuals in that definitely go read the original comics or just take a look at them they're by steve ditko and it's like the did he write them he did i don't think he wrote them i think stanley wrote them okay ditko Dicko, because he Dicko drew Spider Man. He's the creator of Spider Man. Did, um, did Steranko write any? Or right? Did he did he do the artwork for any Doctor Strange? Or did he? And he did uh, Nick Fury. 
I don't know off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Stur- Jim Steranko did Nick Fury, and the panels that I've seen are insane. Yeah, like it's like the comic book equivalent of like a mind bend. Yeah, that's what Steve Ditko's Doctor Strange was. Okay, definitely. Which is why the movie looks like that. Yeah, that's super neat. Yeah, it was really good callback. But uh, there's also beings in the comics called Celestials, which you saw with Guardians. Mm. Uh, did you see Guardians too? I have not. Okay. Uh, go see Guardians too. You'll see you'll see characters who were more powerful than Dormammu. Um, and there's Celestials, and then there's the Titans, where that's Thanos is a Titan who, uh, like Thanos cannot die. Essentially, he is immortal, mm-hmm. um, which is why he's also in love with death, um, right. and he wants to be with death, and he kills. He kills people because it makes death happy, um, and he's in love with death. Mm. Uh, and so, but he can never be with death because he can't die. And you can't forget about Galactus because he eats planets. Uh, you can because he's uh, owned by Fox. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, well, I'm talking about- In the comics. We're talking about yeah. comics. Yeah, but he said like in the movies- how can they do anyone? Bigger? I don't know if did you mean specifically just in the movies, or did you just mean villains in comic books in general? I, I did mean for the movies, oh, just, just personally. <laughs> sorry, uh, but yeah, just well, like yeah, just in the movies for me is what I meant. Yeah, uh, but Galactus is a celestial, uh, who is what the planet Eo is also right uh, a celestial. Which the skull that is in the first Guardians movie, the planet Nowhere, that skull is a celestial skull. Mm. Fun fact. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What were we talking about? Yes. Uh, just diving that's, that's, into that's comics. That's an Archer moment. What are we talking what about? What are we talking about? Uh, diving into comics can be very off-putting because there's just so much. The best way to do it is just to find a comic and then find the most recent number one and then just go from there. And then later, like, as you're reading it, if some, if there's, like, a reference to something, just go back and, like, try to read that one reference uh, and then just keep reading on. Because the thing about comics is they're going to go off of the current continuity. They're not going to go off of old continuity. So you're best just to be going with the current continuity. Right. And just pick one character. There's too many characters to try to like them all. That's the, that's probably the best. There's characters I'm like, I'm probably, I probably would like this person, but I'm never going to know. Off the top of my head, I can think of like four. Yeah. Like Mr. Terrific, uh, Miracle Man. Uh, I've always wanted to get into Red Hood and the Outlaws. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought about getting into Red Hood. Yeah. Uh, then there's, I said four, but then I'm like, oh, Moon Knight. I've talked about that. Ms. Marvel's one that I find so, sort of intriguing. The new one? No, just, just Ms. Marvel as a character. It's just a character I thought about getting into, but I don't, I that's, don't know. Well, that's why I asked the new one. They're two different characters. Um, <sighs> the new one's better than the old one. Just, is it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, Carol Danvers is cool, but I think Kamala Khan is a better character. What year did that get put in motion, the new one? Kamala Khan, 2012. Okay. 2013, maybe. 
she's the one I talk about a lot. She's the Muslim, uh, Miss Miss Marvel, who is actually inhuman and has very different pow- powers than Miss Marvel. But Miss Marvel was her favorite. Like she was like her role model. Okay, we, we yeah we yeah. discussed this on the show like maybe a year and a half ago. Yeah, probably when I was like its favorite recent read. Uh, yeah. So what's speaking of favorite recent reads? I'll go first because we're going to probably go talk about yours a bit longer. Okay. Uh, mine was Lazarus, Lazarus Volume. Lazarus. Lazarus. I've been doing that all night. Uh, Lazarus Volume 3, which was really good. Uh, and last we left off, she had this little uh, text from someone that said you weren't part of the family. And then so it's this whole whole volume was her trying to figure out if she was. And then they had this cool thing where... Uh, they met with all the rest of the Lazari, which were all the people who are like her. They die and come back to life constantly. They don't call them Lazies? They don't call them Lazies. Okay. Uh, and there's a really cool fight scene in it, but really good. Nice. I read a lot this week, though. So six, tra- six trades? Six. That's 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 three too many. So three is a good amount? I think so. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Don't Wait. Talk, don't talk to me about it. I'm actually going to say seven. I forgot seven. about Poe Dameron, volume two. Well, Poe Dameron is Poe Dameron, so yeah. still three too many. You should have read that one. I did read that one. No, 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 like, no. Like that one no, was- I'm saying that one you were excused. A, okay. That one- That As one is a- my uh, approval. Is a standard. Like a sh- yeah. That's like- Star Wars, there's always room for more Star Wars. There's yeah. always there's always room for more Star Wars. Yeah. Uh Birthright, you and I both read that. Yes. Uh so this is the fifth trade. I want to ask you, do you think the story is getting better or is it holding or is it getting worse? Is it holding your interest more as it goes on or what? Uh the end of this one held my interest more than the end of the last one. Okay. Uh I think I've talked about more. I enjoy it when I can actually root for the protagonist, and I felt like by the end of this, even though Mikey was still fighting for lore and the Nevermind, he, you could sympathize with his character a little bit more. Because um, he knows what his family thinks. He knows what his family thinks, but at the end of it, there's that line of dialogue, and you were making a joke, but you were serious at the same time, where he says, with the Nevermind... Uh, with him ruling over everything, we like will be able to survive. And she goes, "We'd live miserable lives. Like it'd be miserable." Yeah, no. That, I, I mean, I was being funny, but no, yeah. that is truly one of the best lines. Of and he goes, and he goes, "Yes, but we'd be alive." And it's him talking to his lover, uh, who is carrying his child, and it's pretty much he had taken on the Nevermind and law, which is lore. Uh, to to bring Lore over and have him like pretty much just conquer Earth, so that way his family and his new family that's about to join him would not be slaughtered by Lore. Yeah. yeah. So it like you had sympathy, and even by the end of it, you could see Mikey like as soon as he saw his daughter, he's like. Oh no! Yeah, I love that like, when he drops his sword. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, great and moment. just this moment of what have I done, kind of thing. Yeah, uh, and then of course Brennan being like taken by the Callista, Callista chick, 
Uh, and then he's just like, it's like, what? Why am um, I forgetting the name of the female mage? Uh, it's like Maestrum or something like that. Mas- Mastus? Mastus? Mace something. Um, I When she creates- Oh, uh, the giant golem the thing? Gi- yeah, out of her yeah. house. Yeah. That was neat. Yeah. That was really- th- I thought this one had more moments in it than a lot of the other trades. Yeah. The so fourth- you, so you, you do think that it's getting better? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I- I liked one, two, three, and five. Four, it's they. I wanted to like the grandpa, and then they made me hate the grandpa. Four held my interest, but e- it leaves you going, no, 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 yeah. no, no, a lot no. of no's. Like this is going in the wrong direction, kind of thing. Yeah, but didn't four, didn't four also ex- expose that Brandon actually has magical abilities? Uh, or was that I'm, in three? Uh, three brought that in but four brought it in that he could cure like he had healing abilities yeah. um but you you see that he was he had like the good spirit connect with him mm-hmm. um and then he was able to see uh mikey for what he actually was yeah uh, i think that was in either number three or two it might have been two i just i like how you have all these characters like the mages even within their own circle they don't all like each other I mean, what's his name? Uh, the grandfather killed. I'm forgetting his name. It's like a really cool name too. It. <sighs> I forgot it as well. It's like it's like nomad or something like that. Yeah. So, and then of course you have. Uh, I think I think I think it is Mastus. Mastus. I, I'm pretty sure that's her name. Or Mastrum or something like that. Yeah, and it's M A E S something. She's fighting the FBI agent who's also yeah. a mage, and I'm. Oh, dude, how did you like that? That was great. When the witch comes through him. Yeah, that was... Oh, that was crazy. Like, rips rips him apart. Yeah. Yeah. And she talks about how she went to that graveyard. Yeah. And, and like, what she family. She ate his family's bones. Yeah, so she could be part of the bloodline. Yeah. It's so messed up. Yeah. Because for the most part, I would say it's a pretty PG-13 story. There's no cursing. There's no nudity. Mm -mm. Um, But, yeah, that, that... The gore gets intense at times. Yeah. Um... There was a lot of cool, just little things too. Like you know, I love I love the Tyrannos flashbacks. Like when you see the Shark Maiden, that's so cool. Yeah. And then they talk about Rook and how he raised the children and stuff. Like Rook died in number four, I think. Yes, Laura killed him at the end of it. That yeah. was crazy. Yeah. Um, I think what I like about this so much is just how classic fantasy it is. Yes. Well, still kind of being just a weird fantasy. Yeah, and still, but it's fresh. Mm-hmm. Um. It's not at all when, when I when I saw the cover I was like oh this looks really neat. Mm-hmm. It's not at all what I thought I was getting into. Yeah. Well, it involves the same kinds of creatures like orcs and. I remember Gideons. I think I was reading number four when you're like, "What's that?" Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Well, this is birthright. You should definitely check it out." And then you were like done with it, all four of them within like the week. Yeah. And you're just like Andrew. This is so good. Yeah. It, it really so it really is good, and I suppose like. Even though Amory Wars was the, was the first uh, independent comic book that I ever read, this is probably my real gateway. Where it's like, okay, I should really get into independent comic books. Yeah, and uh, they're good stuff. But no, I mean it's a great story. I, I don't know how long they're going to keep it going for because you know, I don't either. A lot of independent stuff ends up. You being... thought it would be over by now. I remember thinking that with what they had given us, that they could finish it in thirty Three. issues. Yeah. You said 12. 12? Originally, yeah. I remember saying 12. You're like, this could be done in about 12, 13 issues. 
It's like nobody. No. So much. That's funny. I don't I thought I, I thought I said thirty issues. You might have. You might but, have changed you might I'm have changed it to thirty. I still would have been wrong. Yeah. But uh they expanded so much on it. It's just a great story. Yes. Uh so favorite recent read uh that was favorite recent reads. Uh, I do have a never have I ever this week. I read it today. It's called Strange Fruit. Really good. It's Mark Wade again. Uh, and Jay, it's like Jay Joe or something like that. Uh, really thought provoking. And it's based, uh, in the 1920s Mississippi, uh, river, like catastrophe where the Mississippi river just, it rained so much that just created a giant flood all throughout the Mississippi river, which is huge. Uh, it displaced a ton of homes, but the biggest thing is the people who that gave most of the most of their lives were African Americans, um, and while pretty much white people were just like, yeah, you're going to do all this work for us, uh, for nothing, and then you're going to die, and you're going to lose your homes, and we're not going to help you with that. So it's kind of like the story takes place in the middle of that, and there's this like guy who falls from space, who's african-american uh and so the southern like mississippi backwater hick town is like screw this guy we're gonna we're gonna try to kill this guy and he just wants to help out stop the flood which he does he stops this town from being flooded uh and they're constantly trying to kill him uh and he gets like sucked into the flood at one point and is never seen again uh but it's just really cool there's this one moment where like he falls and this guy's being chased by KKK members. Uh, and he, like, falls, and the guy's, like, the members are just like, take him out. Like, they deserve what they get. Uh, and he shoots him, and, like, the guy's, like, an impenetrable skin, so, like, none of the bullets hit. And just, like, bounces off. And he's just like, what? And, like, he can't speak English either, so he has no clue what they're saying. Oh. Uh, but he's, like, freaking, he's just naked. He's, like, six foot eight. Just this giant dude. Uh, and the other, the other black guy is just like, you need, he goes, first of all, he calls him Johnson. <laughs> Cause he's like, your Johnson's right. just hanging out. Uh, he's like, I'm going to name you Johnson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then he's like, you need something to wear. Like you can't just be walking around naked. So he gives him the Confederate flag to wear. <laughs> oh my God. And he's like, the white people are going to hate that. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard, but I loved it. Just like this image of this like giant black dude. With the Confederate flag, as like, like like his little towel, it was like a loin cloth, cloth, yeah, it, and like he bursts out of like, he gets arrested and he like bursts out of prison and he just like jumps to the wall and he looks like a superhero. It's pretty cool. Good cool. read, very thought provoking. Hard. It was a hard re- read because it was hard to, it was hard to know that people acted like that, uh, and that people were treated like that, but, good stuff. Sounds interesting. Yeah. And then oldies but goodies just go back like 20 minutes uh, to our top five. There's a lot of... Top five game changers. Yeah, there's a lot of oldies but goodies in there. So definitely check those out. That will be it for this week for Origins and Adaptations. Yes, thank you all for listening. Yeah, and uh, we'll, we'll catch you on the flip side. Take care.